ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have an incredible guest tonight that uh, I had the pleasure of meeting a couple of weeks ago. Gertie's Folks City was ground zero for the Greenwich Village folk scene. Rolling Stone called it one of the three most consequential Cubs clubs in the world, along with CBGB's and the Cavern in Liverpool, where the Beatles got their start. Carolyn Hester uh, was just delightful. She's known as the Texas Songbird, and she went back to the very first gig at Folk City. She's got an amazing story. She's worked with... Uh, a Buddy Holly's producer, Norman Petty, produced by the Clancy Brothers, and of course, the late, great John Hammond, uh, the greatest talent scout, one of the greatest producers uh, in the history of American music. So it was the 60th anniversary of Gertie's Folk City two weeks ago at the Iridium in New York City, where I met Carolyn along with uh, Rob Stoner, the bass player for the Rolling Thunder Review, Willie Allen, James Maddock, and the great uh, Terry Roach and Richard Barone. But I've heard our guest for years and years and years. And without any further ado, I want to welcome the Texas Songbird, Miss Carolyn Hester. Hello, Paul. Carolyn. Yeah, this is great. It's so nice to have you. I mean, I'm uh, such a student of the American folk scene. And when I debuted at Folk City in 1985, it was like at Gertie's Folk City, it was like entering the promised land. And your name is so associated with that club. But let's start uh, early, earlier in your career. Now, Carolyn, you just had a birthday. Could we, could we tell people how old you are? Of course. Yes. I was in 1937, and uh, I just had my 83rd birthday. <laughs> you look like you're about 35, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, I, I think it's uh, it's the company you keep. You yes. know what I mean? Well, and you, maybe, the food, maybe the food you eat, but uh, it's the company you keep. And your spirit. And uh, your spirit just radiated off that stage, Carolyn. Well, thank you. Talk about how you fell in love with music, and then we'll get into your amazing career and connections. I always loved uh, the folk records that my folks had around their lives, records and things like that. Um, it, but it was when I was in the seventh grade in, uh, in Dallas that um, they announced they were going to have a talent show and um, so I was looking in the in the, the song books that we had at school and one had uh, um, oh, oh the days of the Carrie dancing in other words an actual folk song an Irish folk song and so I learned that and I had a friend named Carolyn also she played piano so uh, she played the piano for me and I sang and um, I, I, I got past the audition and they added me to the show and uh, the the show was really wonderful I enjoyed it that was my first public you know singing hmm. the next day as a, a teacher came up to me she said Carolyn you don't know me but she said I really enjoyed when you sang uh, yesterday and uh I, I was just wondering, do you have a record player at home? And I said, yeah. She said, well, uh, I have a, a record, of a, a long-playing record, an album. If you would um, be interested, I'll bring it tomorrow and I'll give it to you. You can take it home, play it, and, and bring it back to me. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and she said, I think you might like that music, you know, based on what she's saying. So next day she handed me a record by Susan Reed, um, an American singer, folk singer, who played zither. And she was uh, a, a, an acquaintance of Burl Ives, it turned out. Hmm. And, uh, and, and and I think she knew Pete Seeger. So, so all those people knew of her, but uh, this was my first introduction to her. That she, We just didn't happen her to have her records and stuff. Well, I loved the record. 
uh, I wasn't going to go out and buy a zither or anything. Like that. <laughs> uh, That's an um, instrument that should make a comeback right now. I think the zither. Wouldn't that be fabulous? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and an, an electric one too. Okay. Oh wow. We're going to electrify it. Okay, so uh, um, at any rate, uh, I learned some of the songs. Um, and so seven years later, when um, I was uh, 20, and I met uh, Norman Petty, uh, who, who produced Buddy Holly, and I, and I said, and he was telling me, he says, well, I have an artist that's uh, very well known now, uh, Buddy Holly. I said, what? The Buddy Holly? <laughs> you know? and, how, how, Carolyn, how uh, did you meet uh, Norman? I, I, a very strange thing. My mother sent a penny postcard to, to Norman Petty, his, his studios in Clovis, New Mexico. My mom and the family were in uh, Lubbock, but I had already gone to New York because I knew I wanted to be a folk singer more than huh. anything in this world. And um, so I was kind of looking for Pete Seeger, you know. Sure. And uh, my, my mom said, I, I, I've got to have you be in a school or something so I will know where she, because they had been to New York. They uh -huh. already knew that New York, you know, is vast and uh, full of so many people and you can pretty get, get pretty lost. Anyway, uh, so, I, so I entered the American Theater Wing for a year and uh, I was taking voice lessons and so on. So, uh, at any rate, um, the, the, the summer that I was 20, uh, I went home for a few months, and um, uh, my mom wrote the postcard to Norm and said, my daughter's already gone to New York. She aims to be a professional folk singer. Do you audition people locally? And, um, and, and she said, I heard your group called The Roses on the radio the other day, and they talked about you. Um, and here's my phone number. Well, he called her. Wow. Number, and he said, yeah, we, we, we audition uh, pe young people. Uh, uh, if you want to come over uh, on Friday or something, you need a couple of days. And so we said, well, we'd be delighted. And so uh, uh, I drove. Uh, the, the, our old car was an old Ford, and we called her Claudia. And uh, we... we uh, went over to Clovis and I had my guitar and I sang to Norman and um, I, 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 so he and his wife had been professional performers already been on the road for about 10 years and he decided to settle down and, and start the studio um, so he said you know we don't know all that much about folk music do you think you have enough for an album and I said oh sure but I, that wasn't quite true but anyway as I explained at the uh, Iridium the other night, I went home and right quick learned uh, Ye Banks and Braze of Bonnie Dune, and so that's on that album too. Huh. And so I included on the album one of Susan Reed's songs uh, called uh, If I Had a Ribbon Bow. Uh, beautiful, beautiful song. At any rate, um, uh, Norman said, well, because of my success with Buddy Holly, he said, I think I can get you a, a record deal, and I, I was just flabbergasted. And uh, so he says that we're going to be coming to uh, to New York soon ourselves. And so in walks Buddy Holly. So wow! I introduced to Buddy Holly, and uh, he says, "Yeah, we're going to play the Brooklyn Paramount." He said, "You should go with us." Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I actually rode, rode on the subway sitting next to Buddy. Wow! To this is so incredible. Park. It was a while. So at any rate, um, uh, Buddy uh, didn't seem to be adverse to uh, folk music himself. And, um, I mean, of course, we all know the tragic you know, ending. But sure. in the meantime, I got to be in some of the sessions and Clovis, uh, you know, to witness them. And also, uh, one his last session, which was uh, in New York City, and Paul Anka had written something that he wanted to record. It was, uh, it doesn't matter anymore. And of course, he walked out of there, went on tour with the guys, and and uh, they were freezing cold on, in the bus. And so and uh, so he said, uh, well, we, uh, we've got to have some clean laundry. He says, just guys, give me all your laundry, and I'm, I'm going to grab a plane, and, and we're going to uh, meet you, uh, meet the bus, and with the clean laundry, and we'll go the next, you know, part leg of the tour. 
And of course, uh, he was killed in the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, uh, you know, it was such a tragedy and it nearly killed all of us, uh, absolutely, you know. And that and, was, uh, uh, yeah, on the anniversary of that tragic crash. It was right, just, February uh, 3rd, Several days ago. Yeah, yeah, February 3rd, uh, 1959, I think. We've got so, uh, uh, Carolyn Hester uh, on the phone for the whole show on the Wall of Power Radio Hour tonight. We're going to listen to a song she cut called All Fly Away with a young harmonica player from the Iron Range named Bob Dylan. And when we get back uh, after the break, we are going to talk about Bob, Carolyn, John Hammond, and that session. This is Charlie. Dad, don't embarrass me by making me say this. What does a used iPhone go for today? Fine. My dad is the greatest fantasy football player of all time, Matt McNeil. I won our league this year! Ugh. When I'm getting together with my friends without my dad, we always go in my Sienna. Not only does it drive great in winter conditions, but it can easily fit all my friends with seating up to eight. My son's friend's parents request he drive because he has a Sienna. It tells you everything you need to know about their safety and reliability. See for yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Most tax service on Ford Parkway in St. Paul has been preparing tax returns since 1971. They're one of the most successful independently owned tax services in the country with a diverse team of highly trained and screened tax preparation experts. Tax laws and forms are always changing, and you need someone who is a dedicated tax preparation professional. Visit www.mohstax.com. That's M-O-H-S tax.com. Or give them a call, 612-721-2026. Mo's Tax Service. They work for you, not the IRS. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking. If you're someone that counts on AM950 to bring you the latest in progressive politics, news, and talk, remember, we can't do it alone. Support our many great advertisers and let them know you heard about their business on AM950. If you don't know who to talk to, simply write AM950 on your receipt. AM950 is supported by small, local businesses, so you're not only helping us and those businesses, but our local economy as well. For a complete list of our sponsors, log on to am950radio.com. Welcome back to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. On the phone for the whole show tonight, my new 
great friend, Carolyn Hester, the Texas songbird who I just met a couple weeks ago at the Gertie's Folk City 60th reunion. Carolyn, we heard uh, at the end of the first set on the Wallapar Radio R, the tune All, F- All Fly Away with a harmonica uh, played by a young Bob Dylan. Tell us about how you hooked up with John Hammond and the recording session that included Bob, how Bob got on the recording session, and then how John ended up signing Bob to Columbia Records. Well, uh, you you had said that uh, Gertie's Folk City was ground zero for the, the folk music. Uh, it was a proving ground, Gertie's Folk City, and uh, I was very lucky because because of Buddy Holly I, I, and Norman Petty, I, I actually had a record and was able to get played on radio stations. And so that helped us build up the crowd at Gertie's Folk City. Hmm. And uh, the, the kids from NYU came across the street to us. And then uh, it, it, it was catching on. Oscar Brand was playing us on his station on WNYC. And... Um, then, then uh, the uh, youngsters in, in uh, communications at the different universities in Jersey and New York, they started having their own folk shows, and uh, it just was amazing. It was like an unstoppable thing. Well, one of the people I, I met at Gertie's Folk Center was Bob Dylan. He came in one night, and he sat down, and he was watching my set and this and that, and it got late, and uh, uh, so I thought well hey I'll, I'll sing Lonesome Tears I mentioned Buddy Holly I didn't always do that because I you know he was uh, an iconic you know rock and roll forever right. you know, so you know how well at any rate uh, I, I sang it that night well all of a sudden this young guy with a hobo type hat he <laughs> came up to near, nearly beside me at the stage you know he says, hey, did you really know Buddy Holly? You know, what's that all about? You know, and so so, so after the show was over, I'm packing my guitar and I'm telling him the story. And uh, he says, uh, look, he said, uh, uh, I play harmonica. If you ever need a harmonica player, uh, here's my phone number. And, uh, and, uh, and, and that was great, you know, but I remembered him. He was so unusual looking. And... Um, about three weeks later, I'm playing a gig in Boston at the uh, Club 47, and uh, that that was the home of, of you know Tom Rush and Joan Baez, mm-hmm. the, the, the Jim Quest and Jug Band. I, right. I think more. And so that was you know one of those proving grounds, you know. Right. And um, so I'm so I'm going to do a gig, and in walks Bob Dylan, and he had hitchhiked to Boston <laughs> and talk the people into letting him open the show for me to we're oh she's my friend <laughs> this, this would just be great you know so so the next day we're, we're all sitting together at the beach at Revere Beach and and he's saying listen Carolyn if you know if, if there's some other gigs like this one last night he said where I could open for you he said I would love it. He said, Van Ronk and Dave Van Ronk and his wife, Terry, she was at the, at Gertie's with us. Right, right. With us, yeah. She, he said, they're helping book me, but he says, it, it's really difficult. And, um, uh, you know, and he said, I can I can still play some harmonica with you and stuff, too, if you want. Uh, and um, uh, or guitar, you know, and I said, well, hey, I said, actually, the next thing I'm going to do is make a record. Uh, John Hammond's is looking for folk singers at Columbia. He's got Pete Seeger already. And um, he's, and I said, my second album was, you know, it's the Clancy Brothers, the tradition album. Uh, I said, but uh, I went to them. I said, look, John Hammond's put out the call and I'd like to join them. And he auditioned me and, and, and all that. I said, I, I, I owe you guys, you know. And, and they said, hey, that's okay. We're going there too. We're going with John Hammond too. So, so anyway, so I told Bob all this. I said, um, uh, you know, I already have uh, Bruce Langhorn, right, with my guitar player. I said so, but you know, I said my dad happened to play harmonica on my first album on the on the the, the choral record. The you know the, uh, the my first one with uh, Norman Petty. 
I said, um, uh, if you wouldn't mind playing some harmonica, he says, oh, absolutely. He says, okay, here's here's my phone number again. Uh, do not forget. I said, oh, I couldn't forget. So I said, well, we'll have a um, we'll have a get together and, uh, and and play, and we can pick which songs would be good. So he he's so we 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 had agreed on a date, and I uh, in the meantime I talked to John Hammond. I said, well, looks like I've got a harmonica and I've got of course guitar. I like both of them. Of course, I'd heard Dylan in Boston, and I knew I could depend on it. You know, it was great. Right. And so um, uh, I said, but I want a bass player. I said, there's this guy named Bill Lee who plays, uh, he's played on some Odetta records, and I would really like to have him. He says, Bill Lee, he says, he's a jazz player, too. He says, I know him. I'll get him. Right. He says, now, I haven't heard your band. He says, what you do is you, you organize a date. And I'll come to the village, and I'll uh, and I'll listen to you. And and I and, and I said, okay. Well, John Hammond walks in the door. There's an apartment we were staying at. We've got a picnic table in the kitchen. It's not my apartment. <laughs> never mind the one. But the picnic table in the kitchen. I'm sitting on one side. Uh, Dylan is sitting on the other. John Hammond is sitting next to him. You know, and uh, and. Uh, 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 Bill Lee is standing. He's got an upright bass. And and let me just jump in here and for a minute, Spike Carolyn. Is Bill Lee is the father of filmmaker Spike Lee? It, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so keep it, going. It, I'm loving this story. Well, it, it's just it's sort of unusual. Well, anyway, so um, the the I mean John Hammond was fascinated with with Dylan. Right away, you could see it, it, it was just wonderful, and he. And I mean, did we do two songs? I don't think that's all. I think we did two songs, and he was sold. And um, and and so he says, okay, well, I'll, I'll set it up and we'll start. And I think it was mostly in the month of September um, of '61 uh, at that time. And um, um, I, uh, it, it, it things went down pretty quickly uh the overhead was so little you know i mean they've made money many times over on that session but of course it was their introduction it was it was their introduction to bob dylan and they've made uh, billions off of him right. you know? <laughs> so at any rate um then of course uh when 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 bob dylan had his big madison square tribute when he'd been on the label 30 years I got invited right. and I got to sing in Madison Square Garden uh, 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 they had women doing duos so Nancy Griffith and I who were, were buddies uh, we, we did uh, Boots of Spanish Leather so that's how I got uh, associated with that song really Wow and we're going to hear your version of that song in the next set I had the pleasure uh, after I played at uh, Folk City in 85, I'd start bouncing around the village, and there was a place called the Speakeasy. I don't know, that was, yes. you know, so I ended up playing there one night with Nancy Griffith, and uh, she took off not long after that. But uh, yeah. two wonderful uh, Texas singers, uh, Carolyn Hester and Nancy Griffith, that was a beautiful show. We're going to have Carolyn on for the rest of the night on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Stick around. Uh, we'll be right back. The AM 950 2020 Blue State Ball is on Sunday, February 23rd at Bauhaus Brew Labs in Minneapolis. We're celebrating AM 950's 15th year. The VIP event will take place from noon until 1 with a meet and greet with Tom Hartman, plus all the local hosts. General admission is from 1 until 4 p.m. and expect a lot of political guests. And all tickets get a signed copy of Tom Hartman's latest book. Get tickets now. VIP $75, general admission $40. You get them at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. The 2020 Blue State Ball, Sunday, February 23rd. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. 
Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com, from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Cafe Latte offers made-from-scratch soups, salads, sandwiches, and mouth-watering desserts. Stop in the wine bar and enjoy a unique pizza loaded with fresh vegetables and perfectly roasted meats. Over 30 wines by the glass, Cafe Latte highlights Washington State wines and is the perfect destination for date night or an evening with friends. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. Victor's 1959 Cafe has been serving South Minneapolis traditional Cuban food for over 15 years. Victor's is open for breakfast and lunch daily and now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try the Pollo Tropicale or the Sandwich Cubano, which was featured on Food Network. More at eatlocalminnesota.com. Did you realize that Drink in the Style is available on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much every other podcast platform out there? You can listen to past episodes of Drink in the Style, or maybe download our really cool martini glass graphic, or just listen to your favorite episode again and again. But if you do, I need to ask you for a quick favor. Hop online and give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show and also boosts my fragile ego. Drink in the Style. It's a great way to kill Sundays or really anytime at all. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight, it's gonna snow with a low around 14. Tomorrow, the snow continues with a high near 25. Monday, mostly sunny with a high near 27. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 27. And Wednesday, partly sunny with a high near 30. Don't miss the Midwest's largest health and wellness show. It's the Healthy Life Expo this Saturday and Sunday at the Minneapolis Convention Center. See up to 200 exhibitors, free speakers, and more. The Healthy Life Expo this Saturday and Sunday at the Minneapolis Convention Center. See it all at expoguys.com. That's expoguys.com. I'm sailing away my own true love And I'm sailing away in the morning Is there something I can send you from across the sea From the place that I'll be landing No, there's nothing you can send me my own Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. We just heard my guest, Carolyn Hester, performing Bob Dylan's Boots of Spanish Leather. Uh, just a great version. You have such an amazing voice, Carolyn. Oh, thank you, Paul. Oh, my. And, uh, you know, hearing you a couple weeks ago at the Iridium for the 60th anniversary of Gertie's Folk City, your voice sounded as, you know, for singing for 70-some years, Carolyn, your voice hasn't lost uh, an ounce of power or clarity. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I uh, studied with some, a few good people, you know, and uh, in New York, and uh, one of them was a guy named Paul Gabbert. And uh, he'd say to me, all right, now, we're doing these exercises, vocal exercises. Every time you come in, you warm up and you do these vocal exercises. But when you perform, I do not want to hear that influence in you, in you at all. He says, it's like you don't take the potato peelings to the table to serve the potatoes. <laughs> That's a great way of uh, explaining so, things. Well, and so that's how I kind of got to maintain um, some kind of naturalness, but I really strengthened myself by having the, 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 the voice lessons, you know, by, by knowing some fine teachers, you know. So how, how long would you, uh, during that time, Carolyn Hester, how long would you... Uh, rehearse during the day with your vocal exercises. Um, was a half hour, hour longer than that? Yeah, yeah, but about a half an hour every day. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and and it was tough. You know, sometimes you're sick and you've got to go on anyway. Right. And, but, you know, it's, it's to be avoided if if you can. But uh, uh, it, it's it's a challenge being a a singer on the road. Right. 
uh, and also being a, a woman singer because uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe we don't have the uh, a lot of power, you know, but uh, but those those every day paying attention to your craft, boy, that makes it, you know. Well, what are your other? You know, like I said, you look like you're 35 years old. You just turned 83 last week, Carolyn Hester. What are your other, um, do you have any tricks to uh, share with the rest of us for keeping all of us young? <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh. No, I, I, I swear I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, uh, walking is, is something that has helped me. Uh, there are some people in this world who, who have access to a swimming pool, you know, and mm -hmm. they can swim uh, so often. But um, I, I also, luckily, for instance, my brother, who uh, is still in Texas, and uh, he plays guitar. He's a wonderful guitar player, but he's a lawyer, and he's been a lawyer all this time, but he's got this instinct for research, so he's researched uh, uh you know, a lot of uh, vitamins and, you know, health food. Mm -hmm. and that. I think that that has been good for me. Uh, you know, he'll call me once in a while and, you know, tell me, oh, are you are you uh, eating some meat now? And of course, because I, I really love vegetables more than, than, than meat. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, well, okay, I'll eat some meat for a while. You know, I mean, he... It, that's incredible when you've got a team, you know. Yeah, right, right. Got a team, having a team, and now, of course, my my life has changed so much. I I met. Um, I was first. My first husband was Richard Farina. Right. We were married two years, and then been my, down so long. It looks up to me. I love that uh, book. Oh, I know what a, what an incredible. And uh, I typed the first ninety pages of it. He huh. was a, he was a really good. Uh, writer and I was, you know, behind him. But at any rate, uh, we 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 didn't get along. It was so sad. But I um, uh, later married uh, my, my husband David Bloom. We were married 36 years. He wrote the hit song "Turn Down Day," uh, that uh, the Circle had a hit on in wow. 1966. And um, then uh, he. <clears throat> For me, he was both a, a a an editor. He had gone to he was a journalist for the L.A. Times. He worked 25 years for the L.A. Times as a journalist. But he also, while in California, he was produced a Hugo Montenegro records. Really, and Hugo Montenegro was kind of became uh, uh, he and his wife Kathy became uh, really like brother and sister to us, and they are kind of the godparents of our two daughters. Hmm. Who played, who played with you at the Iridium? Right, my daughters played they at the Iridium. Great. Oh, thank you. And my, my, my husband had played with me. On, we were on and off the road for about 30 years, but we also ran a folk dance club in L.A., and he worked the 25 years at the Times. So, uh, you know, uh, I just... Uh, I, I haven't just been a singer or, you know. Right. I also wanted to be a mommy, and so I was very, very lucky. And uh, now uh, they'll take off with me once in a while. They they have professions. They're just uh, uh, amazing young ladies. And uh, they didn't talk. Sometimes they'll talk about, they'll talk about what they do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can see what fine musicians they are. Oh, so. they were phenomenal. We've well, got to get you guys up to Minneapolis. I'm going to work. That's my. That's one of my uh, 2020 goals here, to get Carolyn oh, and her daughters up to Minneapolis. They'd love well, you up here. The last time I was in Minneapolis, I have to tell you, was in probably about 1965. Wow. Because I played a concert. I was opening a whole series of concerts for the comedian Godfrey Cambridge. You yeah, know? sure. <laughs> Boy, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Oh, he was magnificent. And... And one of the things that he was doing was that he would come out on stage wearing a, a Ku Klux Klan outfit that was bright red satin. Oh, yeah, my God. Because the Godfrey was... Out, yeah, Godfrey was... They would was, go crazy, you know. They would go crazy. Well, he, and, was, and, an, he was, for those of... Uh, uh, those who didn't know uh, Godfrey Cambridge, he was an African-American. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
he's been in some films. You can see him, his work actually on TV. Well, at any rate, so uh, th and that night I met uh, Bob Dylan's brother. Bob Dylan's brother came David. to the concert. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Hmm. So, so I would, I would so love to uh, to visit with you all in Minneapolis, do some, play some songs and stuff. That would be wonderful. We're gonna make that happen. I'm gonna open for you on that show, just like Bob. I'm gonna talk my way under your gig. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then you have to join us on stage at the end. Uh, I like to do. Last night I had the strangest dream at the end. Okay. Yes, absolutely, I'm absolutely. Me right now, virtual. Handshake. <laughs> That's a virtual handshake. Carolyn Hester, uh, I could talk to you all night long. And there's so many places and people uh, that I know you've met over the years. But one of the great stories when I was doing a little research, rather than Peter, Paul, and Mary, it, would, it almost could have been Peter, Paul, and Carolyn. Talk. Gosh to uh, tell us the story about how you turned down uh, Paul Stuckey and Peter Yarrow from joining well, well, their duo to become a, a trio. Well, what happened was uh, that uh, Albert Grossman, uh, who managed Odette at that time and, uh, and, and was helping Bob Dylan with his contracts at Columbia and all that, managed Dylan for a few years there too, uh, Grossman wanted to have this a group. He wanted two men and a woman. And uh, so I did not audition with uh, the two boys, uh, Peter and Paul. Uh, I played with, uh, it was, he had Bob Gibson and sure. he had, uh, and he had uh, a guy named Ray Bogoslav. I don't know if you know that name. No, I know Gibson, he, of course. But he was, he was there in, 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 in British Village. Uh, also, um, at any rate, uh, the two of them were multi-talented, wonderful singers, and they they played instruments. Uh, and uh, and Bob Gibson wrote some great songs. Uh, but I I sang with them. I liked them, but I didn't really want to be in a group. I had been singing in a group around the village, and and, and I don't know. I it, it it didn't really appeal to me. And I thought, well, I've got my record contract already. I think that I'm gonna. Uh, remain a solo so that, that that's that's what happens but back to Gertie's Folk City yeah. I, I was I was there that night just in the audience just coming in to visit uh, with uh, with with uh, Bob Porco's grandpa right and yeah, Mike, Mike Porco and he and he says well uh, Grossman's going to show up here in a few minutes he says he's going he's going to audition this uh this new group, he said he's, he's probably decided on this trio, but he says he's going to see what they do before an audience. And so it was Peter, Paul, and Mary. Wow. So I saw their first thing. It was just wonderful, you know? Talk about pooping around, you know? Yeah. Wow. Well, and then, of course, uh, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary had uh, you know blown in the wind and some great yeah. success with Bob Dylan's that was, that music coming. That was coming. Yeah. which I think was might have been part of uh, Grossman's uh, Land. strategy yeah. you know oh yeah wow this is just wow. such an incredible history we've got about uh, a minute left now let's talk about you recorded House of the Rising Sun in what year Carolyn Oh my gosh! Uh, that well, that was uh, that was probably I think that was the uh, in '62. Okay. <laughs> I believe that was in 1962. Because the great story, that was kind of one of uh, Dave Van Ronk's signature tunes. And yeah. Dylan copped his arrangement, arrangement and uh, it kind of rubbed Van Ronk the wrong way. Uh, it didn't matter at that point because Bob had already recorded it on his John Hammond produced first record. Bob Dylan. We've got uh, Carolyn Hester on uh, all night tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We're going to listen to a song she sings called We Dream Forever and then one more set with the great Carolyn Hester. I hope you are having as much fun as I am.
source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com you or someone you know needs dental care but can't afford it, go to Shamblot Family Dentistry's 14th Annual Dentistry from the Heart event on Wednesday, February 12th, beginning at 7 a.m. It's a day of free dentistry for those in need. All patients will be seen on a first-come, first-served basis. No appointment required. Dentistry from the Heart provides free limited dental care to those in need. This event is for new patients. Since 20% of adults know they have cavities but haven't had them filled, and over 100 million Americans lack dental insurance, this event meets a huge need in our community. Shamblot Family Dentistry has given away almost $400,000 in free dentistry through Dentistry from the Heart. Again, Dentistry from the Heart is Wednesday, February 12th, beginning at 7 a.m. at Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins at 33 10th Avenue South and at their new St. Paul location, 400 Selby Avenue in the Blair Arcade Building. It's first come, first served, so arrive early. Get a head start on this year's Blue State Ball by having dinner with me, Tom Harbin, on Saturday, February 22nd at Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. It's your chance to discuss with me the big issues facing the country in a small, intimate setting. You can guarantee your spot at the February 22nd dinner by pre-purchasing a ticket for $200. Tickets are very limited and will go fast. So reserve your spot now by calling 952-946-8885. More details at am950radio.com. Hi, I'm Peter Solak. And I'm Adam Ostrowski. We are here at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces to talk about outdoor fires. Sitting around a fire is the oldest, most basic form of human activity. What's new is in the way fire is burned. We can show you how to burn cleaner with a lot less smoke. The radiant heat and life from an open fire is unmatched. It kindles our spirits and connects us to the outdoors. And now it's easier to experience and enjoy. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces sells and installs wood and gas burning fire pits and fireplaces. Let us help you experience an outdoor fire without all the smoke. Come see the many ways you can enjoy a fire outdoors. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood and gas units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. More information at woodlandstoves.com. Find the fire that works for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. This is the last set, unfortunately, because I'm having such a ball talking to my new friend, Carolyn Hester. We just heard her song introducing this set, Black is the Color of My True Love's Hair, from her recording session with the great Norman Petty down in Clovis, New Mexico. The uh, song we listened to at the end of the third set was called We Dream Forever. Carolyn, tell us about uh, who wrote that song and who's playing with you on that, that track. Okay, uh, We Dream Forever is is like my my uh, my second life in music. You know, <clears throat> when my daughters are, uh, are 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 on the road with me, and uh, my daughter Carla, Carla and Amy Bloom, <clears throat> Carla with a K, uh, Carla Bloom wrote We Dream Forever, and uh, it, in the rec- recording is uh, just. Uh, Carla and Amy and myself playing and singing, and um, that, um, let's see, what else I can say about that? Well, you Um, you know what you can do, Carolyn, is tell us uh, how often you guys get a chance to play together, and how many nights a year do you you perform? uh, Well, we we 
Uh, we're on the road on and off. Uh, we we go uh, every couple of months out, <clears throat> and um, but it's odd to us that we're now d- getting bookings into next year. Like you know, we know that we're going to be back in New York May of 2021. I mean that. Wow. <laughs> That 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 impresses me. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. that didn't happen much. I, you know, <laughs> returning to New York at the ripe old age of eighty four. Keep rocking, Carolyn Esther. God, <laughs> you are my new hero. Oh, you know, great. we we are going to have another conversation with you in not too in the not too distant future. But tell us about. You know, for those people that don't know about Gertie's Folk City, I mean, that's where Simon and Garfunkel performed before they were Simon and Garfunkel. Joan Baez, Judy Collins, the young Bob Dylan. And then, of course, you had all those great uh, blues cats that were kind of in the process of being rediscovered, uh, like. Well, and, you Je- know, Paul, Paul Butterfield blues band. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, it was, it, uh, oh my God, Johnson well, Madison, John. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's 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 really amazing. I mean, we should. I guess I guess Bob Porco has a list. I, I don't know. Yeah. But well, then you had you know he had the Blues Cats getting rediscovered, like Big Joe Williams and John Lee Hooker, uh, yes. and and uh, uh, great blind guitar player by the name of Doc Watson. Whoa. Uh, you know what did what? How many times do you think you played at Gertie's Folk City over the years, Carolyn Hester? Well, I. I, I, it's hard to estimate because I, you know, played them early on, and then I, even if I had records come out, stuff like that, I would still go back and play there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when when uh, my David and I were playing, well, we played there. Uh, oftentimes, uh, we didn't move to California until seventy uh, two, uh, so so a, a lot during the late sixties and, and early seventy. Uh, we were uh, going down to to Folk City, and they moved to Third uh, Street, right? Uh, you know, in Sixth Avenue. And um, so, I'm I'm just sorry to say I I didn't keep track of that, but um, it was wonderful because it was like having a home base, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there were other places like I played the Gaslight a lot, right? Uh, I really enjoyed that. Ga- the gaslight, you could have some interesting experiences where water would drip on your head. <laughs> you know, a, cu- um, a couple days after we played the uh, Gertie's Folk City 60th uh, anniversary in Reunion, I went to the old gaslight. It's now kind of a shishi cocktail bar, bar called the oh, Up yeah. and Up. Uh, so I went there and hung out to, to dig the vibe. Did you ever get a chance uh, to meet over the years? Uh, friend of mine, one of the greatest folk singers of our time, Spider John Kerner, used to play uh, uh, The Gaslight. Did you ever get to meet oh, Spider, Spider John? John Kerner, yeah. I, I knew him there and also in Boston. Sure. And I remember doing a concert in Boston that was a, a fundraiser for a children's hospital and, and boy, all of us turned out. It was just just uh, tremendous and uh and uh, Spider John just made a party out of it, and he was last seen swinging from the big red curtain. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh my gosh! I'm gonna bump. I'm gonna track John down. He goes to have his. Uh, uh, he reads the uh, New York Times and has a beer in the morning at a West Bank watering hole. I'm gonna track him down and. Tell him about the time he swung from the red curtain. Oh, he! I, I, well, I, I told him that story one time later, and he says, "Well, I just don't remember it." You know. <laughs> so, um, well, that's what his great story about when Kerner and Glover debuted at the New, Newport Folk Festival in '64, and they were on a little later in the evening. And uh, John goes, uh, "Yeah, I don't remember a lot of it. We were all drunk." And I go, "Yeah, that's what I loved about these." Uh, these Minnesota folk singers, they didn't mind having a taste before they went on. So we've got, a, we've got about a minute left, Carolyn Hester. So what kind of music are you listening to uh, in the year 2020? Well, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Irish folk singers, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the European ones, I, I, I love their harmonies. It inspires me a lot. 
so I so I'm you know I'm not really uh, keeping up with the what's new, and yeah. so you you could you could give me a hand there. You know, you can recommend some people to me, and I would appreciate it. Yeah, well, I've, that guy James Maddock that played at uh, the Iridium was phenomenal. Well, he's, yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, he was just great. And, Car- I, and, uh, and Willie Niles, that was fun. Oh, Willie too. was, yeah, he was, they were all great. Terry Roach was great, Richard Barone. <clears throat> we want to thank uh, Bob Porco for having us all on. Uh, I was, Absolutely, and, ter- uh, and uh, uh, Terry Roach. Terry and, Roach was uh, great. What a doll. Yeah, she was just phenomenal. And Rob Stoner and the drummer they had was really cool. It was just a, a yes. really yes. wonderful night. Carolyn Hester, this has been such an amazing conversation. Uh, the history of Greenwich Village folk music is really, that was uh, my grand influence as a young Iron Range folky when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. So uh, to, get, to get in touch and to meet people like you, it's it's really a dream come true. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. It really uh, makes me very happy. And uh, I'm sorry that Pete isn't still with us, Pete Seeger. Yeah. But, uh, but, but he's, uh, he, I guess he's in our hearts, so... Absolutely, he he's was still, uh, he's still feeding us, you know. Yeah, I have a uh, a great memory of uh, Pete Seeger. We were played the ninety uh, ninety six. It was the tribute to Woody Guthrie, sponsored by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I had. Oh, yeah. I had the pleasure of riding in a van from the rehearsal to dinner at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, with Pete Seeger, Harold Harold Leventhal, uh, Harold's wife, Toshi, a great uh, Texas songwriter who passed away a couple years ago, a good friend of mine, Jamie Lefebvre, and a fellow named Greg Johnson, who runs a club called The Blue Door in Oklahoma. Anyway, I remember Pete going... You remember how Pete used to speak in that really uh, straight uh, New England voice. He goes, yes, he goes, I remember the time Woody and I were in Seattle and we heard the term hootenanny for the first time in 1938. <laughs> and as a guy that grew up inspired <laughs> by Pete Seeger and Woody and Bob and you and everybody else, I go, man, that would be like sitting next to Moses when Moses goes, you know, when I came up with that thou shall not kill commandment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carolyn has to thank you so much for your time. Thank you, take care. Thanks for listening to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. This show was recorded by Brett Johnson, produced by Paul Metza, and we'd like to thank our guest, Carolyn Hester. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.